But I think to open us up, I think we've got Credence Clearwater Revival, but Reese can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, no, that should be absolutely fine. So uh, thank you for joining us, 97.2, and uh, let's start with some CCR. Your bicycle's been stolen I was watching it for you Till you came back in the fall I guess I didn't do such a good job after all I was feeling really sorry, Stephen And I spent some
Decemberists with uh, some song that Colin's about to tell us. The, the apology song. The apology song. It was written when, as it's kind of self-explanatory in the lyrics, he had been tasked with looking after a friend's bike while he was away in England, and it got stolen. Yeah. So by way of apology, he wrote that song. And then he put it on the re-released version of their first ever EP, which was called, I think, the four-song EP, and then had to become the five-song EP when they added that song. Right. Fascinating. So they're pretty, uh, they're, they're pretty sort of straightforward in terms of uh, their album naming and their, their yes. song naming. They're just like, you know, this is... This yep. is, yeah, I mean, when uh, when I when I was in uh, a risky six, and we just sort of had um, various, you know, you could never really sort of like give things that much of a, a title, you know. A risky six was a band Reese was in. I know it's, uh, the most likelihood you have heard of it and probably bought a tour T-shirt or whatever. But just in case you hadn't, I will clarify. Oh, yeah. that a risky six is a band that Reese was in. Uh, indeed, and uh, and we just had sort of um, we had the French song because it had a, <laughs> a vaguely sort of. French. I mean, it was, it was absolutely nonsense, really, but it had a vaguely French-sounding riff in it at one particular uh, point of it. And then there was a Spanish song which sounded vaguely Spanishy. Uh, and I think uh, I think Kate sang what? "Senorita" in it at one point. So that it was just like, what should we call this? Was it a Risky Six that had uh, the French drummer for a while, Clément de Fontaine? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was indeed. I always uh, thought who, that was a very good French name. It is a very good French name. It, I mean, we. It was a bit of an acrimonious split, given that I, I sort of telephoned him and said, we don't want you in the band anymore. So hopefully he's not listening. But um, if he, he probably is... listens every day, sharpening <laughs> knives. <laughs> yeah, um, Dismantling but, guns with a blindfold on. I mean, if he is listening, then uh, then you should he should email in the studio at radioreverb.com with burden, of, apologize. burden of proof in the subject title. I'll sort of apologise, but mainly I want to get hold of him because he's got my entire box set of Jeeves and Worcester. Oh! Um, yeah. Oh um, yeah, no, that's that's a bigger deal. Yeah, so uh, I, I kind of borrowed a, a book called uh, "A Year in the Merd," which is uh, about some guy oh, yeah. who no, I'm familiar with that who um, who went over to France, and I only read about two pages of it. I didn't think it was that good, but um, it, you know, we swapped. <laughs> so he he got my Jeeves and Worcester. That's not a good trade. And I got I got this this book, so um, 
So if you're listening, uh, come on then, give us a, give us a shout. Uh, anyway, so it's amazing to have you back, Colin. Yes, it's very fair. And actually, I've been off around the United States of America and Canada, but I didn't forget you, Reese, and I got you a present. Oh, wow. So if you're going to give me a minute, I'm going to rustle around in my bag like Santa oh. <laughs> and then present you with your gift. Uh, well, that would be absolutely great, yeah. Are we gonna, this is going to be another sort of uh, on-air revealing of gifts. It is, it is. Amazing. In fact, I'm, I'm going to go whole hog, and this is a bit high risk because it does involve you reaching over the board. Right. But if you close your eyes and hold out your hands, I shall place it in your hands, okay. and you can see if you can guess what well, it is. I'll tell you what, I'm just, I'm just going to clatter a few CDs You're gonna around. You're going to clatter some CD um, cases. So, uh, and work out what songs you want to play, and then you can close your eyes. Because yeah. it's even... I mean, we struggle to run a radio show at the best of times, so asking you to do it with your eyes closed, I appreciate is a bit of a big ass. Okay, my eyes are closed. Your eyes are my closed. hand is outstretched. There you go. Oh, it's weighty. Oh, ice rainbow cookie sandwich pop tarts. My I know goodness. you like I know you like strange flavors of pop tarts. Well, yeah. I and mean, America is the home of the pop tarts. Goodness me. Thank you very much. Have you ever had one of these? No, not one of those, no. Ice cream shop. Why have they spelled shop with two p's and Be- an e? Because in America, they quite often like to do that because they think it makes things sound old-fashioned in English. Oh, right. I, I think they come here and get quite disappointed that all of our shops aren't called ye old shoppy. Yeah. But that's they do that quite a lot in the states for some reason. Um, but I try. I knew. I knew you like pop tarts. Unfortunately, it being America, that is the smallest box of pop tarts wow. you can get. How many are we um, getting this? I don't know. Quite a few, I'd imagine. It must be sixteen. But it? I thought that flavour looked like the least likely to come out yeah. in the UK. Well, apparently, it's, it's it's a good source of eight vitamins and minerals. Quite what <laughs> quite what those vitamins and minerals are. I think a lot uh, of those are man-made vitamins and minerals. Yeah. Goodness me. Uh, I'll, I'll check out check out the E numbers. Do they have E numbers in the states? No, they don't. You only get E numbers in Europe because the E stands for uh, European approved. Oh right. So when you kind of make a flavouring, it gets approved or not approved by Europe. And once it's been approved, it gets allocated a number and then oh. it becomes an E number. Oh, so right. you won't get E numbers outside of Europe, I'm afraid. Okay. But you might get the same things. They just won't be called E numbers. Hmm. You see what I, mean? I wonder what Carn uh, Car wax. Carn oh, wax. That sounds. That sounds, that sounds safe, doesn't it? it? Sounds like something you put on a surfboard. Lactylate. That's milky. Lact. That means milk. <laughs> that does mean milk, yeah. It's just got milk and goodness in it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so I wouldn't a... buy something unhealthy, mate. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm assuming that um, sodium steroil is... Uh, sodium steroil lactylate is um, it's just sunshine. Yes. It's what they I call sunshine. So. I believe so. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, I, will, I will eat them and I'll report back next week once... Um, once I know uh, what they taste like, that would be nice. Um, yeah, so it is great to have you back. You have to regale us with with tales. With yes, crazy was, tales of, uh, of. It was a very very long trip, and I think because I broke it up into two halves, I found ourselves looking back at earlier parts of the trip and thinking, yeah, that was a really nice holiday. Yeah. Before realizing we were still on the same holiday. I see. Because yeah. it happened so many weeks ago. It was the way you'd look back on a holiday you had three weeks ago, and think, oh, that was fun. I remember that. Yeah. And then you go, oh, no, I'm still on holiday. You're like, still goodness me, I'm things. still here. Fun is still happening. Exactly. So yeah, we did um, two and a half weeks on the West Coast, driving up and down. We went started in LA, drove all the way up through Oregon, went to some ghost towns, went to Yosemite, mm-hmm. uh, stayed in Seattle for a while where I flew a plane. What? I flew a real live plane over Seattle. You're going to have to explain that. That was amazing. friend who was staying with in Seattle uh, just got his pilot's license. Nice. And he said, hey, I know what we can do for an afternoon. I'll take you up flying. So we said yes, yes, we would like to do that. And he took us out to the airstrip and presented us with the tiniest plane I have ever seen. It was a four-seater. And it just was a little tiny, tiny plane with a little um, plastic dome. So you could see 360 all around you on the top where your head stuck out. It's almost almost like a convertible if you just put a little plastic dome over it. One propeller in the front, that was it. Um, 
and yeah, and he, he did all the difficult stuff, you know, take off, landing, yeah, everything. Yeah. But once we were up in the air, because I was the co-pilot, I was sat next to him, I had yeah. all the controls and all the buttons and everything. Wow. He just said, right, I'm going to let go of the controls, you can fly it. So I went left, right, up, down. No didn't, way. Didn't hit any other planes. It was brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. It was great fun. And you've got your, your little kind of, it's basically a sat-nav. Yeah. Um, big screen that shows where your plane is in the middle. Yeah. And then it shows where all the other things are. But it also shows you where all the planes are, these little kind of black diamonds with a line coming out of them, telling you what direction they're flying. Which direction they're, they're going, yeah. But we were flying around SeaTac Airport and near Seattle, like flowing around the Space Needle and stuff. Wow. Uh, so it was quite a busy area. Yeah. And it meant that flying along at these little black diamonds would be really, really close to you, but you couldn't see anything because there's cloud above you. Yeah. And they could be thousands of miles up above you, but you don't know. Oh, I see. So right. you've got no, there's no depth on the little screen. So I did a bit of freaking out that I was going to smash into another plane that yeah, I yeah. seen. Imagine that just sort of like emerging through a cloud cover and then just being yeah. like, whoa. And because it was such a tiny plane, they probably can't see you. But also, you just have to you have to physically look around because you're in your big plastic dome. You just yeah. have to kind of turn your head and look all around to try and find the plane that's somewhere above or below or next to you. Goodness me. Uh, brilliant fun. You've flown a plane. I've flown a plane. I've flown a plane, I've sailed a boat, and I've driven a car. Goodness me. All I need to do now is drive a train. And then you'll be like that film. Yes. <laughs> I'm almost there. You're almost there. Uh, amazing. We're, we're going to play a song uh, now. What song are we going to play? Uh, we're going to play Long Vermont Roads by Magnetic Fields. Okay. As long as uh, as long as long I managed to get it. It's number 19, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's you right. You were going for, that's yeah. That's right, that's right. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Excellent. So magnetic fields.
so uh, so we've been looking at um, trying to figure out what flavour ice cream uh, ice cream shop rainbow cookie sandwich is. It's um, rainbow cookie sandwich flavour. Rainbow cookie sandwich. Are you not familiar flavor? with the rainbow cookie sandwich? I mean, is there is that would that be would that make sense to an American? You know, not, is there a whole know. is there a whole sort of uh, set of rainbow cookie sandwich other other I, treats? I honestly don't know. There's a lot of things in America, particularly when it comes to food, that will always remain slightly alien yeah, to me. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, in um, notes from a big country, Bill Bryson sort of uh, goes on about things like breakfast pizzas and things like that. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There are some strange things that exist. And as you know, I generally, as a project, try and eat some ridiculous foodstuffs while I'm out there. I wasn't quite yeah. as bad this time as I was last time I was out there a couple of years ago. But I did have a KFC double down. Did You had one? I had one. I put that <laughs> off. I kept putting it off because I really didn't want to eat one. For those it was of you, the last uh, day of the trip. For those of you who are unaware what a KFC double down is, it's obviously uh, made by KFC. But basically, explain. Basically, you've, you've had one. An engineer in KFC Labs. A genius. Was looking at a burger that they might sell at KFC yeah. and thought, look, there's one area in which we've kept this far too healthy and that is that there's bread in it. <laughs> so if I replace the two buns with two chicken breasts <laughs> and then just put in between the chicken breasts bacon, two slices of cheese, a bunch of the Colonel's special sauce, I think it's pepper jack cheese, um, and a couple of other things I think they put in there, then we've got ourselves a burger that yeah. has no bread. I mean, good for people on the Atkins diet, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and they, they now sell that in America. It's part of the menu. It's not like a special thing. There's enough of a demand that they can sell that across the country. Is it nice? The first bite is quite nice. Yeah. By the time you're around bite three or four, you start to regret your decision. <laughs> it's kind of the same way I felt about the Wendy's Baconator, oh, which right. I had when I was out there a few years What's ago. What's that one then? Which is, I think, three burger patties, three pieces of cheese, and about eight pieces of bacon. Wow. And you just... In buns, yeah, in buns, in a regular burger. They haven't right. done the, the, the meat bun. <laughs> they haven't put chicken no. breasts in it. No, I think KFC have patented that particular yeah. abuse of food. Um, so no, it was, I'm glad I had one. I'm glad I had the experience. I'm yeah. not sure I'd have another one. You're not sure you would if they no. sold them in the UK. You're not sure. Okay. I mean, no, maybe once a year. I See, could I, make it like an annual tradition. I'm but still, I just always want to try these things. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll definitely try one if I was out there. Um, and uh, again, we start. You should continue the campaign to have the McSpicy double. Yes, oh, the McSpicy The McSpicy so Double is just, is just the best burger I've ever had. I told you when I got back from China, they haven't been China. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, the Southeast Asia and, and was it Louisiana? Yeah, Louisiana in the States for some reason has them as well. Yeah, yeah. But those well, need to... Those, they could at least do... You know how McDonald's does little special promotional meals? Yeah. You know, for two months only, the, I don't know, New York burger or something. Yeah, yeah. They could do it then. They could Give do it a it go. Then. They could do it then. People of England like spicy food. We love curry. They could... Um, they could sell quite well here. They could sort of team up with... Um, Whenever, whenever Kevin Spacey is next releasing a uh, a film, if he's if it's some kind of kids film, then they could call it the Muck Spacey or something like that. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, and then and then you know it, there would be a sort of legitimate way of sort of getting it into yeah 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 into the and they could be a, they could come with a free toy of Kevin Spacey yeah like maybe with a kung fu grip or something yeah or, and like you press a little lever in his back and he, he pulls the sort of deviant facial expressions <laughs> or something like that yeah there's, there's a lot of options yeah there's all sorts of things that McDonald's could do or they could just introduce it and stop yeah stop just stop, stop annoying us yeah, yeah. The, one thing, the other thing that comes out in the States as well as the weird food is how much everything's designed for cars I was quite impressed by that I noticed it before but this time we were going I was in a small town and noticed the post boxes look really weird and yeah. we're facing the wrong way they face out into the road with like a funnel and it's so that you can just drive past the post boxes and post your letters by winding down the window but if you're a pedestrian, you have to go stand in the middle of the road to post your letters. Goodness. So it's just built for cars. They've got drive-through banks. Had to use one of them at one point because the a main branch was closed. Bank. So you just pull up and there's a little teller there with a little thing. 
you do it all through the drive-through window. Where drive was th what state was that in? That was in Pennsylvania, but they're all over the place. Uh, drive-through pharmacies, drive-through liquor stores, or off-license to you or I. Yeah. Loads of stuff. Everything's just designed for the car. Yeah, it really is. And there's places you'll be staying. So we stayed in a few places where the place we wanted to be was just over there. You could almost see it, mm. but there was no way of walking to it. You just had to get in the car because there's no pedestrian areas. There's no bridges or anything. Yeah. So you, you couldn't get there unless you drove. It's very odd. Mm. But you know, gas is a lot cheaper there. Yeah. Cars are a lot more prevalent. Cities are kind of built. The cities were built in an age when cars were around, so they're designed for them. And without making a massive generalisation, people are a lot fatter. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, would that be true? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It depends what parts you go to. Like, we're in Washington DC, which is a lovely, lovely city, one of my favourites. I imagine sort of like the the, the kind of um, mainly Republican red states are sort yeah. of the, uh, the larger people. The more rural you are as well, the kind of the fatter it gets in America yeah. as a rule. So in the cities, like in Washington, D.C., everyone looked really fit and healthy and quite attractive. Mm. Um, L.A., you get a mix. L.A. had a lot of people who have just clearly not doing well. Yeah. Um, so but then, you had sort of, but then you, I suppose you've got sort of Venice Beach and Muscle yeah, Beach yeah. and places like that. But then Do those people to, on Muscle Beach just stand there all day and all night, just sort of like I, uh, on? That's my understanding. I didn't actually get down to Muscle Beach. We went to the Sunset Strip and things like that. Yeah. LA's not really my kind of... I'm really glad I went. We spent yeah. a while there, but it's not really It's an experience rather than... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just want to understand how, how the whole Muscle Beach thing works. Obviously, you didn't go... But do you have to sort of like be of a certain sort of uh, stature in order to be let in there in the first place? So you have to kind of... You have to kind of bulk up somewhere else, and then and then they kind of let you in. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they have like an induction course. So they're allowed a certain percentage of people who are trainees yeah. who would look all weedy, as long as they promise to work on it. Isn't it in a big cage? I thought it was various little gyms dotted about on the beach. Oh, really? I think some of it's in a cage. The cage make it like a zoo. Like, yeah. come see well, the yeah, but that's exactly, steroid abusing. Yeah. But then may, I think maybe my, my sort of knowledge of, of Muscle Beach is partly through yeah, an a, a episode of Baywatch that I might have seen. Oh, well, I, I think they filmed it there. Hmm. So, you know, it's not entirely accurate. There were lots of... Everywhere in LA, you always see people filming stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of in the background of about nine different random TV interviews and yeah. people walking down Sunset Strip talking and things like that. There's just constantly camera crews everywhere. Yeah. And we went to um, Six Flags over Magic Mountain, which is a big theme park oh, uh, right. in North, North LA. And it's really weird going there because you suddenly recognise all the rides from TV shows and movies yeah. because it's the nearest big roller coaster. It's actually got the most roller coasters in one place in the world, but it's the nearest big roller coaster park to LA and Hollywood. So whenever they need to film a scene, they just go up there. Yeah. So we went on the big wooden roller coaster. Which Such as was, what? Such a what, um, what films? Uh, the, best, the one that's probably been the most the spot, is the it? big wooden roller coaster, which I think is called Colossus, which was in the opening credits of the American sitcom. Oh, what's it called? I don't think it was shown much over here. It was like the Family Ties or something like that. It had a big roller coaster in okay. the opening credits. Is that one? It was also in National Lampoon's National Vacation, uh, Big Vacation, or whatever it was called. National Lampoon's Vacation, Chevy Chase. Vegas. There's a Vegas Vacation. The earlier, the original, not the Vegas oh, right. one, okay. the one where they just travel around America. It was in that. It's been a few other things. Um, the roller coaster where they organised Christian Slater organises the drug deal in True Romance. Oh yeah, okay. That one went on. That one. Uh, but you just start recognising it's very odd but actually and I kind of looked it up on Wikipedia afterwards each ride has about 50 different things that were filmed on it oh that's quite cool so it's quite nice did it's you see cool. any uh, any famous people not that I noticed no I did hear someone shout oh my god look it's Larry David but I didn't see Larry David awesome I just heard someone shout that <laughs> or kind of say it loudly to their girlfriend as they walked past and both suddenly turned yeah so I did hear someone 
alleged that they'd seen. I mean, do you think? Of. I mean, do you think that people that live around there would, would just be completely desensitised to the whole thing? Possibly, yeah. I mean, really, the other thing is that no celebrities are going anywhere near Hollywood. Like the Hollywood Strip and Sunset Strip are quite grim and just built for tourists. Mm. And there's no one famous is ever going there for any reason, no. apart from a film premiere. Um, they're all up in the hills and in the nice bits. Yeah. It was one of the well, you I would have, be, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's yeah, one it's of the problems I had with LA. Is it's so huge and sprawling. It's about it's loads of different cities all just kind of merged into each other, and they just laid giant freeways across it all in ridiculous directions. It's a big mess of a city. Mm. There's not many tall buildings, I guess, because they have so many earthquakes and stuff. Uh, it just doesn't. It's not like New York, which feels, or London even, which feels like a proper city, and you're like, oh yeah, exciting things are happening here. LA just feels like a big, hot, sprawling mass, yeah, full of a lot of quite sad people <laughs> who came here with big dreams and it didn't work yeah. out, and they're still working in the restaurant yeah. twenty years later. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to play uh, a song that I haven't heard for a little while, "Bare Naked Ladies Bank Job," because hey. uh, we love it so much, and uh, and just haven't heard it for at least six weeks. Yes. <laughs> It was an upset in two minutes flat We're back on the freeway, foot to the mat I can't understand it, we had it down pat It's very upsetting, could we leave it at that? We all had positions, we each had a role We'd over-rehearsed it, we had full control They can't teach you acting It's there in your soul It's the same with a bank job And each thing we stole So I don't need attitude Cause you knew just what to do We all did our best now We all need to rest now Leave me alone Wait by the phone I was the driver You ran the show had the last word, the go or no go I knew every laneway in Ontario But it's not what you're sure of, it's what you don't know It should have been filled with the usual ones Throwing their cash in to mutual funds We all had our ski masks and sawed off shotguns But how do you plan for Full of nuns Well I guess we panicked We all have taboos They were like zebras They had us confused We should be in condos With oceanfront views Instead we're most wanted On the 6 o'clock news So I don't need attitude Cause you knew just what to We all did our best now We all need to rest now Leave me alone And wait by the phone Inside the police car, you tried to explain 
Your crisis of conscience, the voice in your brain And now that the whole thing has gone down the drain I think we all know who should shoulder the blame Cause you made a choice there, almost sublime I'm all for compassion, just not on my dime You look like an amateur, and that's the real crime So I'll take a walk now, you do the time And I don't need attitude Cause you knew just what to do We all did our best now, we all need to rest now
running down a dream by uh, Tom Petty and, and the Heartbreakers were they involved yeah, in yeah, that? The Heartbreakers were involved in that. Well, there you go. Uh, so there we go. And uh, just off here, we were discussing. Um, we were just continuing discussing Colin's uh, trip to America. Really, basically, just talking about me. Yeah, pretty much just talking about uh, just some eating places as well. And yes. Colin's found his favourite ever eating place by the sounds of things. Well, certainly in LA. If ever you're in LA, I didn't really like LA, but I really like this place. It's called Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. Uh, I went to the one in Mid City. Right. Uh, right between. Little Is there a Army. chain of them? I think there's about four. All right. Okay. Uh, it's a like family-owned business, I believe, owned by a guy called Roscoe, mm. and um, oh, just amazing. The one I went to was kind of sad. I think it was the first one, or maybe the second one, but it's sandwiched in between Little Armenia and Little Ethiopia. I mean, how many, how many littles, how many little loads, countries are there? Loads of them in LA. LA is such a huge. You cannot get your head around how big LA is in terms of just spread. Right. Uh, I think it get refer- gets referenced in um, geography lessons as like one of the mega cities or the megalopolises because it's just so sprawling there's no green belt or anything like that yeah it's not contained in any way it just sprawls out and out and out and out and out have they got, have they got parks then not really okay i think i saw a couple but not really it's not it's not that pleasant it's a really strange place and because they everything's done by car as i was saying before they don't really have a they've got a metro system but it's apparently terrible it doesn't really go anywhere yeah um and it's just freeways everywhere, like nine-lane freeways, just crisscrossing the whole city yeah. in like a big, messy, messy grid. So That's driving there is chaotic as yeah. anything. I suppose, like you were saying about um, them having lots of earthquakes, is that um, part of having a good metro system is, is stable earth that you can yeah. kind of dig into. So, uh, although you kind of the amount of raised freeways they've got, I mean, there'll be bits where you'll be driving on the freeway and there'll be four other freeways above you, you know, crisscrossing everywhere. That's yeah. That's a pretty risky prospect in an earthquake, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd have thought so. So, I mean, the whole city's kind of on the edge of plopping into the ocean any day. <laughs> but it's just so big and sprawling. I'm not sure I saw any parks, but it, I think that's why I didn't really like it. It's just kind of very smoggy, yeah. loads of traffic, driving in, driving there's a bit scary. However, Roscoe's House oh, sorry, of Chicken yes. and Waffles. Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. Let's not, let's not stray from the point The, the name is on, the, the clue is in the name, really. It's okay. a place that sells fried chicken in all of its varieties and waffles and that's basically it they will do you a half decent salad actually Jess got a salad and she quite liked it she was oh, very yeah. impressed they did her some um, yams or sweet potatoes as they is, that, is that what a yam is? a yam is a sweet potato right but that, in America they don't want to mess about the sweet potato not quite sweet enough so they have the candied yam oh. which is like a sugared and fried up yam to make it extra sweet uh, um, yeah, anyway you could get that at, at Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles as well you can get yeah you can get some sweet potatoes and yams and things hmm. but I had breast of fried chicken which still had some bone in it because it was a big chunk of chicken and a waffle and both were absolutely you wouldn't think that the maple syrup and the butter and everything of the waffle would go with the fried chicken and its deliciousness which is very separate but actually they're perfect perfect bedmates right it's amazing lovely place uh, what, with butter and maple syrup on it or yeah, anything yeah. like that yeah that kind of slightly strange whipped butter they have in America it comes okay. like a ball and it just spreads really easily oh, right. but oh, oh it was amazing recently. Yeah. absolutely amazing I've got and, a photo of my meal and a celebrity endorsement as well yes no, I just said recently, I, afterwards I read up on Wikipedia that Snoop Dogg apparently goes there and he once took David Beckham there for a meal <laughs> and um, I can only imagine Snoop Dogg and David Beckham tucking into their fried chicken and waffles <laughs> fried chicken and waffles it's so good mm. it's got a brilliant logo it's just yeah, it's a good name already. Yeah. Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. And their logo is just a giant cockerel yeah. stood next to a waffle. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Chicken and waffle. Um, uh, so, well, Snoop Dogg uh, it kind of uh, got me thinking uh, because Snoop Dogg was actually... Uh, there's a great video because um, there was recently the, in, in the UK 
these sort of vegetable growing competitions where some guy won uh, all sorts of prizes because he was creating these huge sort of oversized vegetables like massive right. onions massive sort of turnips and all this sort of stuff uh, and it was kind of on I think it must have been on like you know look north or you know yeah. kind of like um, local news local news that's local news pay dirt body right <laughs> exactly so uh, so anyway this apparently this um, Snoop Dogg sees somehow sees this competition of these people that grow these amazing vegetables and this dude's this guy's from like Swansea or something like that and uh, and he just potters about in his garden growing these huge vegetables yeah. um, but the Snoop Dogg like sends him a message via sort of YouTube or something and the message gets to this Welsh sort of vegetable <laughs> grower that Snoop Dogg wants to meet him Brilliant. because uh, because he wants to know how he gets such how enormous to make giant plants yeah, yes exactly you can see where Snoop Dogg's going with this guy so um, so there's just this bizarre sort of um, bizarre footage of Snoop Dogg sort of meeting this Welsh, <laughs> just a random Welsh this, this Welsh sort of vegetable grower um, and asking for a few tips and he gave him sort of VIP access backstage access to uh, a Snoop Dogg gig in the UK or something. I think Snoop Dogg does that, especially in the UK. I think he really likes the UK because I remember there was a thing a little while ago where he was campaigning to have a walk-on part in Coronation Street because he loves Coronation Street God. and wanted to be in it. He's just like, I just want to be in the background. I want to be yeah. in Snoop Dogg. Surely that can be arranged. But you, Surely. You can't get more incongruous than Snoop <laughs> Dogg walking down. I don't know. That, is it, it The street must be called Coronation Street, I assume, in Coronation Street. Uh, walking I would, down I Coronation so. Street. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, like, what's the pub in that? Because the old Vic in Enders, what's the pub in Coronation Street? Um, is it the... No, it's the Queen Vic in Enders. Oh, is it? Is it it's the Woolpack in Emmerdale. Yeah. And then it's... Because um, they've got to have a pub, because in any English soap, that is the, the hub where you can get everyone to meet, and it's believable they'd be there. Yeah. Um, well, p- please do help us out. The, the pub in Coronation Street. I, I, the, ro- the, the, the return. The Rover's return. return. That's Rover's the one. Rover's return. There we go. We got there. Yeah, don't send any emails in now. No, we don't need your emails anymore. <laughs> We've worked it out ourselves. So he wanted to walk on part in Corrie. He did. I don't know if he ever got it, but he was certainly campaigning for it. So I think Snoop Dogg, is, he's, he's got a lot of free time to watch random English things. Yeah. I think he watches Look North and then waits for Corrie to come on. That's <laughs> how he finds out about these things. Um, I just love the idea of I think this 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 world vegetable grower was just so sort of amused by the whole thing, and I'm not sure he I think he probably cottoned on to exactly why yeah. why he was getting this. Um, but it's one of those things where it's not someone who you'd expect to really know or care who Snoop Dogg is, and nor would Snoop Dogg expect yeah, him to know yeah. or care. So he'd just be like oh, some famous bloke who I've yeah. not heard of. Well, I think at first they sort of like interviewed him, and at first he was just like, oh, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> you know, who is this person? I'm not going to bother. But then he did go, uh, and he did meet Snoop Dogg and uh, chatted to him for about ten minutes about. How to uh, grow vegetables? How to grow large plants? That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And did you find out what the trick is? Uh, you can feed the world with these skills. Uh, I don't think I. I'm not sure we did. Right. So he's willing to share it with Snoop Dogg for backstage tickets, but yeah. not with the rest of the world. Not with the rest of the world. No. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, perhaps perhaps they should do that. Just just giant onions that could feed like you know. Yeah, yeah. Just family. Gather, it'd be like a turkey at Christmas. You just carve a giant onion. Mm. Shall I carve? And then it'd be another giant. I don't know. Potato. That'd be good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, indeed. Um, uh, some some news which uh, which I thought I thought I'd bring back a little bit of the conspiracy uh, I- oh, idea God, that we, is gonna, we started. This off is like, when I leave you alone for five and a half weeks. You start talking to your other friends. Yeah. They fill your head with nonsense. <laughs> well, um, I, I thought it's quite interesting because uh, someone posted up. Um, I think it was our. our our friend Jamie, actually. He he's, always, he's the one. Whenever you start banging on about conspiracy theories, I was saying, right, Reese has spent an <laughs> evening with Jamie. Um, That's what's happened. We were talking... Because um, he put on about... Because there was a, a theory about um, part of the reason for the invasion of Iraq and the 
the toppling of the regime was because uh, Saddam Hussein was thinking about trading um, oil in uh, in euros. And so the, the US were like, no, we're not going to Oh, well, OPEC that. announced that considerably afterwards, but OPEC did that formally. They said we're looking at switching to euros. That was a few years back. I mean, after the Iraq war started, no, right, that happened. But anyway, uh, anyway, don't let facts get in the way of a good conspiracy comment. Um as you know, uh, but Saddam Hussein's not in charge of what they trade oil in. It, he, he's not. He wasn't particularly well liked within it. It doesn't matter. He okay, was going to carry on with conspiracy. It, it doesn't matter. Carry These on. things don't matter. Um, he well, Saddam Hussein was going to sell Iraq's oil in right, euros. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he was thinking of doing that, and that evidently put the nose out of joint of uh, of the US. So uh, so, that, so they decided to invade him uh, under false pretenses, and then uh, Gaddafi is obviously um, the late. Yeah, I was going to say he's gone uh, now, isn't he? Gaddafi. Um, it was apparently uh, setting up, uh, g- returning back to a sort of gold trading currency um, that he was uh, he was sort of floating the idea of, of, of trading it in in gold. I think instead. you have to do that if you've got so many sanctions against you. You kind of mm. have to switch back to your, your base metal. But anyway, stuff. he was also thinking of dropping the US dollar as the uh, as the way of. Um, the sort of global currency for trading oil, and uh, and well, one country can drop the US dollar as its global currency. It doesn't make much odds. Yeah, but he was he was also sort of like corolling all the other um, right, OPEC yes. nations into because again, another person who's very very influential. Yes. Yeah, you can imagine he was. Uh, so so there we go. So that was just a, a, a theory oh, okay. floated oh, out there are. that uh, that if you try well, and uh, trade in anything else apart from US dollars, then you will be uh, toppled. Right. Well, it's kind of. It was based on a grain of truth, because as I say, I know a little while back, OPEC were talking about ditching the dollar yeah. for all of their trading. So that would involve, I mean, Saudi Arabia are the big leaders on that, and various other countries, all the big oil-producing Middle Eastern countries, and they were talking about it. And none of them got invaded, but I know that was discussed, but I don't know that, yeah, yeah fine, whatever. Fine. But I think that's based on a grain of truth, because there was discussion of doing it, but I think that discussion died out now that the euro is looking so messy, Yeah. Uh, with Greece and Portugal and Italy oh, yeah. all in problems. And but, Spain and... What are we on, like our third rollover of the bet you made me when we started this radio show? Oh, yeah. I think you owe me about 150 euros at this point because um, you bet me a good two and a half years ago. It's about time by next September. Year. It was when we were, when we were still in our old studio, in fact. Yeah. So you bet me then that we'd be on the euro this time next year, and then you double down on the bet, double yeah. or nothing, double down, and then you lost again. Got it on the brain. I have. This is what happens when you eat one. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's looking less likely now, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I've got to say. Um, I'm just going to keep rolling this over until you get wealthy, and I'm going to cash it in. Yeah. Take my thousand pounds. Yeah. Hold your breath on that one. Um, I've got a, a, a better late than never. I sat and watched. Brilliant. Uh, Reese reviews a film far too late for the review to be useful. Absolutely. I thought these. I thought we'd try and uh, you know get back some of um, some of what makes Burden of Proof great on a weekly basis. Uh, I saw uh, Shrek Ever After. On, oh, uh, okay. on, that, on Thursday. Which one's that? Like the fourth or the fifth? Yeah, it's the last one. It's the fourth one. Okay. Um, and basically, Shrek is, is is annoyed about the fact that he's uh, got he's got his wife and kids and all that sort of stuff. But his his swamp has turned into a sort of fairground attraction, and his his you know wife's always on his case about something, and he can't <laughs> he can't uh, he can't relax and have a swamp bath uh, whenever he wants to because there's always something to do, and then. Um, so he gets a little bit annoyed with it, really, uh, the whole idea. So it's Shrek has like a midlife crisis. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, and he uh, and he signs this sort of waiver with um, with Rumpelstiltskin, who's a sort of evil uh, magician type, uh, little pixie person. And uh, Rumpelstiltskin kind of wants rid of Shrek because uh, because uh, if it wasn't for Shrek, then he would like own the entire kingdom of far far away basically i don't know the, the whole kind of beginning bit yeah. is, is uh, too complicated for me to remember well it is, it, it is now. a kid's film <laughs> it's a children's film um 
But uh, but yeah, and then uh, but so so Shrek sort of like has this um, has this sort of bit of a breakdown, and he decides to trade in a day, and he uh, with Rumpelstiltskin, and he, he kind of gives Rumpelstiltskin the day that he was born. So people don't know about Shrek. Uh, Fiona never got rescued from the castle, right. and Rumpelstiltskin owns um, the entire of far and far away. And Shrek then has to sort of like try and get it back, and he realizes that you know he had all this lovely stuff and a wife and kids and stuff. And you know what you've got till it's gone. Exactly. And uh, and basically, I thought it was really really good. Um, you know, clearly I didn't. Know. I was going to say you've not. That wasn't the conclusion I was expecting from yeah. the, the explanation. I thought, you I, gave thought me. I thought that it was back to its best, uh, okay. which uh, which did I think you, it did is, you laugh out loud? I lolled on numerous yes. occasions. Uh, yeah, I thought it was very very witty, um, and uh, and a couple of the middle Shrek films two and three I think were a little bit uh, let let the genre down a little bit, let yeah. the brand yeah. down a little bit, but. This one brought it all the way back again. Oh, there you go. I Very remember watching happy. the second one and just feeling like it was so many just pop culture jokes and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. That. It was like when I watched Shark Tale and I was like, God, DreamWorks, get over yourself. Yeah. Like they're just trying to put in, uh, they, they seem to do it and they, they actually did it in Shrek as well. They had this sort of dance scene. You know, yeah. you know everything just seems to be dancing all the time. What's the Pixar deal? don't do that. Pixar don't do that. No, that's good. But, uh, but every single sort of DreamWorks has to have some kind yeah. of choreographed sort of mass dance scene as if it's. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. Maybe they're trying to get kids, you know, out of their chairs and onto the dance floor to uh, lose a bit of weight or something. Like I that. don't know. I did actually watch a good DreamWorks film uh, while I was away in the states. I watched How to Train Your Dragon, Ooh. and it's genuinely really good. It's a really sweet little film. There's no music numbers at all. Good. There's no stupid pop culture jokes. Good. It's very good. I recommend it. How so much would you pay for it on DVD? How much would I pay for it on DVD? Hmm. I would pay. I probably got like four quid, maybe a fiver. Wow. It's really good. Must it's be a pretty good. good. Film. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I think for Shrek Ever After, I'd probably pay three pounds. Okay. Because it has a dance scene in it. <laughs> yes, that's. If, that's if you've got rid of the dance scene. That knocks a pound off the value. Yeah, away. yeah, absolutely. Um, so there we go. So uh, it's great to have you back, uh, Colin. Thank you very much. It's been um, lovely to be back. I've missed this. Yeah. I've often thought, ah, oh, while it is awesome, shooting guns and hiking through deserts, flying planes, flying planes. Uh, sailing zip, boats sailing boats zip lining across the mountains of Vancouver it would still be nice if I could just pop back once on a Saturday to do yeah, the radio show with absolutely. my old pal Reese. Well, uh, well we have had uh, some guests coming in Jimmy, Jason uh, irregular guest Sam Quick uh, uh, came in for a little Quick. bit and, uh, and so we've, we've kind of kept it chugging along in the background while yes. you've been gone um, but uh, as always a, a personality and a presence such as yourself <laughs> there's always some kind of uh, vacuum that uh, can't be filled by anyone else. Yes, just volume vacuum, really. Mainly, mainly to do with volume. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to finish on a song. We're going to finish on uh, "Stupid Kid" by Alkaline Trio. Ah, that's a good song. It is indeed. Thank you very much for joining us. We've been Colin and Reese Burden of Proof ninety-seven point two, and uh, we shall return next week. Cool. Just a little while You left me for dead so far away I replace you with fear and shame You'll be happy on the day I die There are things that used to make me laugh But now they're deeply buried in the past I left them there so far away Replace my humor with my pain I'll be happy on the day it dies 
Take back every word that I say. 